welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. This is the 53rd episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast, Pastor, and that means it's a new year at Connecting Faith to we Life. We are officially starting a new year, so happy new year to you, Happy Trey. new year, happy Pastor. Happy new year. Well, we're thrilled for all the new lives that God's brought our way through this last year in the podcast, but there are lots that still need to hear, so make sure that before you leave the podcast today, invite someone to listen on your Facebook or Twitter, text, or however you can get them on, involved. Uh, we want to keep the buzz going as we reach into the relevant parts of lives with the truth of the Word of God. Well, today we want to talk about where does the church, and when I say the church, I mean the church universal and the church local, stand. Uh, so much has changed in the last few months because of COVID and the response of the church to it all. A lot of debate on what we should be doing. But we want to make sure that we understand and respond to the current crisis as the Lord would have us do. And course, as the Word would have us do. Uh, today, we're going to begin by getting the conversation started. It's going to be kind of an intro so we can begin to process uh, how and what the Lord wants us to do through His church right here, right now. And uh, really, history has taught us that the church's mission uh, continued even through the worst of times. Um, Pastor Tommy, what does it look like for God's church right now? Do we go on like we always have? Is there anything? I, I think that people are probably wondering, is there anything that we need to look at to change. Yeah, yeah. So. so, yeah, we're starting uh, really a, a multi-week conversation today. Mm-hmm. Where over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how to make the most of our church, our local church, and obviously uh, the worldwide church as well. Because, man, if there was ever a time when we needed as the people of God to be um, committed to the work of the church, oh, it's yeah. right now. Yes, and it it's, is. It's really, really an interesting time. And uh, the church will go forward. God's plan is to reach the nations through the church. His mm-hmm. plan will be accomplished. Um, but as his people, man, it is just so important that we get on mission with God. And so we're going to talk about all the implications of that over the next few weeks and, and, and how to make the most of our church. And so today we're really beginning that conversation. We're going to look at three truths, three truths that we need to know about the church. But before we get into that conversation, Trey, a couple things. One. Sure. What are you wearing? I'm on mission this week, and our mission is called One in a Minion. One so I, in a Minion. And so I was supposed to paint a minion. I don't know what this thing is. It looks more like a pineapple to me. But uh, anyway, I painted something on my yellow shirt so it looks like a minion. So sorry so about that. So you painted that, that yourself? Uh, yeah, I did. Don't. You did a terrible job, uh, I man. did. I did a horrible job, <laughs> and everybody's trying to be encouraging to me. Uh, but anyway, we're we're doing a, a uh, you, what we call hometown mission. Yeah, so y'all are in Charleston all week long. Yes, the we students are. here at Northwood, which you help with our students a good bit, and you're one in a million. That's exactly right. That's you're what it's about. So what are y'all doing this week? Uh, well, we're doing BBS, and we're doing it at a, at apartment complexes, mm-hmm. uh, several apartment complexes, and we're having a real good opportunity. We share the we're able to share the gospel very clearly and plainly on individual and on a you know uh, uh, speaking level. And then also uh, we're doing uh, prayer walking. We're doing mm. prayer walking with the idea. We've already had response from that. Great, People have been uh, responding. So great. it's going well. We're very thankful. You know, you guys picked the hottest oh, week we know. of the summer to do this. We know. 
if you're listening and you're not in the Charleston area, or if you're in the southeast right now, you're <sighs> you're all experiencing the same thing We're we cooking. are. Yeah, the heat index is like what? It's a hundred a ten. I mean, a hundred ten, hundred fifteen every day. That is unreal. It is just unbelievable. It is hot out outside. There. Yeah. So I'm very thankful that today I'll be working on sermons inside my office and the air conditioning. Is, <laughs> I wish I was there. Yes. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so so here, here's why I want to get into this conversation, Trey. This is, this is fascinating. Um, a few weeks ago, the Barna Organization released a study. Now, you've been around church for a long time. You're familiar with the Barna Organization. Course, yeah, if you're yeah. not familiar with the Barna Organization, this is a, a Christian research company, if you mm-hmm. will, and they research all kinds of trends that are taking place in the church. So every year they'll release just multiple studies where they do surveys of believers and um, unbelievers and just kind of see the direction of the church. and what's taking. In fact, every year they release a state of the church survey, and it kind of shows us what the church is aiming toward mm-hmm. uh, just in our nation and trends on church attendance and, you know, Church is declining and growing, all kinds of stuff. So this is a very reputable organization that has provided for the church a lot of statistics that help us to see the direction of the church in our nation. So they released a study a, a couple of weeks ago that is fascinating to me because in this study they are showing us what's taking place during this pandemic with people and their church attendance. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess, Trey, I don't know if it was every church in our nation, but I would say the vast majority of, of churches in our nation, when the COVID crisis hit, we went to online mode. Just about everyone. Just about yeah. everybody. There yeah. were some churches that, that met even through the pandemic and didn't take any Sundays off. We did drive-in church for most of the time, mm-hmm. but we still had online church as well. So most churches went to uh, online mode. A lot of churches went to only online mode. And so that was kind of where we were uh, for a month or two. And and in that, we at Northwood saw man, a, a pretty good response to that. Oh, yeah. We saw a lot of people watching our services. In fact, we are still having people come to our church on a pretty regular basis because you know, during the pandemic, they found us online, have been watching us, and now are coming to check us out in person for the first time, which is really cool. We actually had a lady in our new members class that was connected as a result. That's of the exactly video, right. So. so that's been really cool. In fact, it's, it's most Sundays right now we have mm-hmm. people show up that yes, we do. Uh, they've been watching us online for the past few weeks and finally decided to check us out. But anyway, um, so we, we've seen churches do that and and with with different results. And now churches like our church are starting to reopen again mm-hmm. and welcome people back on campus. We've been reopened since, I don't know, early May, mid-May, second, third week in May. Right. So we reopened our, our campus, came back inside instead of doing outside worship. And and so a lot of churches are doing that. In our community, uh, more and more churches are opening. And we also have churches in our community that are not opening quite yet. Every church is different. Every church is trying to figure out what's wise for them. Mm-hmm. And so it's been really fascinating to see how churches are responding to this pandemic. So anyway, back to the survey. In the survey... Here is what Barna found. A lot of people through this process have stayed with their church. They're, they've watched online or are going back in person. Um, most churches are not experiencing a lot of people actually coming back to their campus. We've experienced that in Northwood. Yeah. We, we're seeing about half of our yeah. people come back. Uh, a lot of people are still watch, staying home and watching online and We don't have a problem with that at all. If that's where people are at and they want to stay safe, we completely understand that and encourage that. So we've seen, and and churches across the nation, from what we're seeing in trends and statistics, uh, most churches are seeing about half their people come back right now. Mm -hmm. We hope that gets better, that as the pandemic, um, uh, you know, decreases and we get back to some sense of normalcy, that we'll see more and more people come back to our church. But right now, about 50% of people are returning to um, 
on-campus worship. Now, as corona cases rise again, that's probably going to affect that a bit, I would think. But but here's what's interesting. This was what so, was so interesting to me. In this study that, that Barna did and surveying, you know, thousands of believers all across the nation to see where people are with their regular church attendance, one-third, one-third, 33% of people have stopped going to church altogether. What I mean by that, when I say stop going to church altogether, they have stopped going to on-campus services, mm-hmm. but not only have they stopped going to on-campus services, they've stopped participating at all. No online so worship, no, online. no small groups, nothing. They have just completely no connection. no connection to the local church whatsoever. One-third, one-third of people who went to church regularly that before the pandemic now are not a part of the church at all. Now, I mean, my hope is that once this, once this thing's over with, they'll begin to trickle back mm. in. But just think about it, Trey. I mean, here at Northwood, I, I am sure that there are people that are part of our faith family who have stopped watching us online or whatever. I'm sure that's happened. But I've been encouraged by the number of people that maybe haven't come back yet but still are staying engaged yeah, in are. a small group or staying engaged mm-hmm. in online worship. And we're doing Zoom small yeah, groups yeah, we're as doing well. All that so. stuff. Yeah, but can you imagine one-third of people one third. That's just it's just stopped altogether. That is a staggering number. That yeah, is a staggering yeah. number. Yeah, and so you think about it. This is not the time to stop being a part of a church. <laughs> I would say it's actually the opposite. It is the opposite. This wow. is not the time to say, you know what, uh, I don't need the church right now because we do. Mm. Every single one of us need the ministry of the local church. We need to be fed the Word of God. We need the care that comes in small group ministry. Uh, we need the encouragement. We need Not only that, we need to be involved in the mission of God. It's not the time to walk away from the church, but one-third of people who've been involved in the church have chosen during the season not to be involved anymore. That's just—I I still can't get over that. And so what we want— we, we don't want that for you. We mm. want for you, listening to this podcast today, we want you to be intimately involved in your church. And you might be in this season where, where it's not safe for you to be on campus, and we understand that, but that does not mean that you can't be involved in your local church. And so, so what we want to talk about, just, just briefly in the time that we have, we want to talk about uh, three truths, three truths about the church that are going to help you make the most of your church. Now, again, this is a multi-week conversation, so we're going to kind of introduce it today, and in the next few weeks we'll get into some very specific issues that I think are going to help us think through why it's so important right now to be involved in a local church. Okay, well, the first truth that we need to look at is there is no organization on earth like the church. Would you agree with that, Trey? I would completely agree. I no would actually say it's, it's more, it's an organism, it's an organism. Organism, right? It's a so it living, it's yes. living, right? Amen. You think about the local church. First of all, think about this, Trey, that the church ultimately does not belong to us. Mm-mm. It belongs to God. Amen. We, we, we've we been here at Northwood, and on Sunday nights, we're having some of our, our preaching interns preach. And you remember Joseph Bryant, uh, he preached Sunday night from Ephesians chapter mm-hmm. 1, and he talked about how we, as God people, God's people, we are His possession. His possession is in here. We belong to Him. So ultimately, the church belongs to God. Mm-hmm. We are His possession. We are the bride of Christ. That's good. And, and that, that helps us to keep things in perspective, that the church doesn't belong to God. Because typically, the way we think about things, if it belongs to me, I can do what I want with it, mm-hmm. right? It's like, you know, I, I've got a car. It belongs to me. So right now, I like my car. 
mm-hmm. drive it. But you know what? Someday I'm probably going to want another one. I'm going to get rid of that one and get something with right? Exactly. So we, we treat the church like a lot of our other possessions. It belongs to me. Therefore, I determine what I want to do with it. I can use it. I can invest in it. I can keep it around. But when I'm tired of it, I can move it along, right? Mm. So, But the church, it doesn't belong to us. We can't treat it as our possession because it's not our possession. Mm-hmm. The church belongs to God. We are his possession. And God has a plan for his church, mm-hmm. right? It's like no other organization on the face of the planet because God is going to bring about change in this world through the church. That's right. You think about the mission of the church. The mission of the church is, Matthew 28, is to make disciples, help people become fully surrendered followers of Jesus. That's the mission of the church. And that is the only thing that will change the world. The only thing that will change the world are people becoming fully surrendered followers of Jesus, right? So when we go into COVID or anything else like this, I mean, does that mission change somehow? I mean, does the purpose of the plan of God somehow change no, when we go through this? No, the, the mission of God does not change. If anything, the mission of God amplifies. And we've talked about this agree. at Northwood. I mean, what a time we live in uh, where people are looking for answers and wondering what's going on. Mm-hmm. And the church has a clear response to what's going on around us, that there is hope and and, and, and peace inside of a relationship with Jesus, right? So you think about everything going on right now. You've got the COVID crisis. You have the racial tension that exists in our nation. It's a, an election year, yeah. and so all the division Political over division uh, going politics. On. The reality is we hope and pray that a vaccine is discovered for COVID-19. But even if a vaccine is discovered, that might help alleviate the COVID virus, but it's not going to change the world. Mm-mm. Even if we figure out a way to resolve some of the racial tension in our nation, it's not going to change the world. Even if your candidate gets elected for president and, and, and brings about some good social change in our nation, it's not going to change the world. That's right. The only thing that changes the world is the gospel message the gospel. of Jesus Christ. Right. And so, so you think about that. I mean, we, we're com- convinced that the church is an organization that is unlike any other organization on the face of the planet because the church is the only organization that has a message that really brings about change. Interesting story, Trey. We go back to church history, and we see some pretty cool things. Um, Back in the 200s, long time ago, right? Mm -hmm. Almost 2,000 years ago, um, there was a plague much like there's a plague today. Mm-hmm. There was a, a virus that broke out in this, this area called Carthage, right? And it was a nasty virus, just like we're experiencing a nasty virus today. And so, so this virus, you can read about it in, in church history books. This virus, uh, it caused people to vomit. It caused people to have high fevers mm. and all kinds of things. People were, like with the COVID virus, people were literally dying of this virus. Mm. And so you, you had people. I mean, there, there wasn't medical care like we have today. I mean, what, what do you do? How do you survive in the midst of this virus? And so, so here's what happened. Um, there were a couple of responses. Uh, one, if you saw someone, if you were healthy and you're walking down the streets of your city um, and you saw someone exhibiting signs of the virus, they would literally push them over in the streets and leave them to die. Mm. They would not offer them any care because if they offered them care, right, the, 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 the chance would, was they might yeah. get the virus and die as well. So people were just pushing sick people out of the way, just pushing them in the streets and just leaving them there to die. That was the response of people. 
no care, no compassion whatsoever. And and if you lived in Carthage and Carthage and you did not have the virus, a lot of people just left the city altogether. Like, let's it's get out of here. Out. Let's move yeah. out where there's no virus around. Right. And so there was this uh, Christian preacher named Cyprian, and he gathered believers together, and he preached a sermon, and he challenged them to live differently in their culture in response to the virus. So this is really cool, right? No organization on the face of the planet can bring about lasting change like the church. Mm. And so Cyprian challenged his people to not leave the city, but to stay in the city. And not only stay in the city, but when they saw people pass them by who were exhibiting symptoms of the virus, don't push them down in the street and leave them to die. Help them, Mm. minister to them, care for them. And so believers in that city, what they began to do is they began to provide a care for people who were sick. They, they brought them food. Uh, they, they showed them compassion. And obviously some of those believers got sick as well. But, but here's what was interesting. The church did this coming out of a season of persecution. There were people in Carthage who were actually blaming the virus on Christians, oh my that Christians were the ones who brought the virus about. Now, how they came to that conclusion, who knows? But they were blaming Christians for the virus. Christians were being persecuted, and in the midst of persecution and being blamed for the virus, Cyprian preached and encouraged believers to stay in the city to minister, and they did. Not not every believer, obviously, but but a good many a good believers portion, yeah. stayed there and ministered. And, and, and so people fled the city. Christians stayed. They ministered. And as a result, what church history tells us is that really compelled people in that city to respond to the gospel and faith. The church grew mm. as a result of Christians staying in the city in the midst of a pandemic, ministering to people. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. It's an amazing story. And that kind of story gives me hope in a day like today. That is impact. It's I'm impact, yeah, right? Wow. That, that Man, you think about it, there's no other organization on the face of the planet that has the ability to bring about change like the local church. We might not be able to find in the church uh, um, you know, a vaccine for the virus. Who knows? Maybe a Christian doctor will. But while we might not be able to find a vaccine, what the church can do, we can help. Amen. We get our hands dirty. We can minister. We can be on the front lines to the best of our ability, showing people how to walk in faith in a difficult time. And, man, who knows what God can do. So just we got to move on, but just knowing that there is no organization on earth like the church. How do you make the most of your church? You know. You know there's no organization on the face of the planet quite like the church. Well, that truth is, uh, I, I we need to hear, I think we have heard recently how the church has dropped the ball in the past in history. Yeah. And uh, we need to also hear that the church at times has gone into the front lines yeah. and has been there. Absolutely. And we need, to, we need to continue to do those things. Number Absolutely. two, number two truth. There is no better hope for unity than the message the local church proclaims. Yeah, so that kind of, you know, dovetails with what we were just talking about. But, but here we are in a time that we're not only experiencing pandemic, but we're also experiencing a lot of division. Mm-hmm. Whether it's politically or racially, man, it's been terrible, Trey. It has been horrible. I, you know, I, I, not I, my I lifetime. am probably consuming yeah. more media than I need to. I'm mm-hmm. probably on Twitter and Facebook and the news sites more than I need to be because, you know, it's starting to cause my soul to be weary. But, but every time you know, I get on social media and I see Facebook or Twitter, what the case may be, I see the division. Mm-hmm. I see the opinions of people and this and that. Man, it's just very disheartening. And to be honest with you, if I'm really just transparent and honest, it's been disheartening to see how we as Christians have responded in the midst of this as well. Mm-hmm. 
that, that we've played into it. I think so. We've played into it. We've gotten into the conversations. We've been a part of the division. We have. Instead and of rising that, above it and offering real hope, yeah. we've gotten into the conversations. and. So our participation has caused more division and more... Maybe, maybe, and I'm not saying it can. we. Yeah, Let it me can. Say it that yeah, way. Um, and I'm not saying we shouldn't be um, informed, or and I'm not saying we shouldn't be involved in the conversations, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we we have a responsibility, I think, to speak out in some of these situations, but we need to speak out with the truth, right? Mm. I think about the Bible, and I think particularly about uh, the Book of Ephesians, because because you talk about racial tension in our nation that exists right now. There was racial tension in the ancient world. Of course it was. Jew and Gentile. Mm-hmm. Jews hated Gentiles. Mm. If you were a Jewish person and you looked down on Gentiles, something fierce. They were unclean. Gentiles were dirty in the eyes of the Jewish people. Uh, Gentiles were pagans. Mm-hmm. We know the stories, Trey. You think about um, um, uh, in the Gospels, and Jews would call Gentiles dolls. Yeah. You're a bunch of dogs. A big word for you think about the the story of the Samaritan woman when Jesus goes to Samaria. And when and we say dogs, we don't mean the little puppies puppy that dogs. jump in our laps. We mean like you know, just wild, rabid dogs, <laughs> yeah. right? You think about the story of 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 Jesus ministering to the woman in Samaria, mm-hmm. and and you know what we know about that time is is Jewish people they would avoid Samaria altogether. Mm. They would not walk through that area. They would go a, a longer route to get to Jerusalem from Galilee rather than walking through the shorter route of going through Samaria because they didn't want to be around those people, mm. right? You think about um, wow. the parable, the one of the most famous parables in the Bible, the parable of the Good Samaritan, where Jesus raises up the Samaritan as an example of someone who has compassion and care and how that would have infuriated oh, the Jewish the people, face. right? Yeah. And then Paul comes along in Ephesians and he says, listen, guys, a mystery Here's what Jesus Christ has done. Mm. He has taken people that despise each other, Jews and Gentiles, and through the cross of Christ, through his death and resurrection, he has made them into one man. God, through his son Jesus Christ, has taken what was not unified, Mm. what was opposed and brought together as one. And you think about it, man, this is what's so great about the church. In the church, we see unity in our diversity, right? That's right. Because we see it, right? When, when the church is living out the mission of God, when the church is living by the Spirit of God, what we see in the local church, people coming together. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that Trey, in this church, if it weren't for Jesus, there are a lot of people in this church that probably otherwise I, I would not associate with. Mm-hmm. People right. of different educational backgrounds, right. uh, socioeconomic backgrounds, racial backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But something about the gospel that brings us together, that gives us a shared sense of purpose, a shared mission, a shared identity. I mean, we can have conversations all day long about unity, but those conversations apart from the gospel are really useless conversations because at the end of the day, ultimately, the only thing that really unifies people is Jesus himself. That's exactly right. Right? I mean, we can we can try to find solutions, and we should be finding solutions for the racial tensions that exist in our land. We should be doing that. But again, the only thing that's going to bring about lasting change and lasting unity is the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
we get unified in who we follow. We get unified in why we follow him. And we and goes back to mission, doesn't it? Absolutely. We have a different mission. Absolutely. We have a different plan. Absolutely. And we can't we can't get off that mission. Yeah. So so so, so the question then becomes is is why would you? In this season where the church is so needed and the message mm-hmm. of the church is so needed, why would thirty three percent of people say, you know what? I'm just done. That makes no sense, right? Man, make the most of your church. Recognize that there's no organization on the face of the planet like the church, and there's no organization that can bring about unity like the church when we proclaim the gospel message of Christ, the one who is the unifier, right? And that leads us to truth number three. There is no better place for individual change than the local church. Absolutely. I mean, you can watch Dr. Phil all you want. You can watch Oprah. You can go to Barnes & Noble or Amazon.com and buy all the self-help books you want. You can, you can do all of that, and, and, and that might be helpful for you, but nothing's going to help you like Jesus. Amen. Nothing is going to bring about change in your personal life, mm. like, like uh, the work of the Spirit through his local church. And, and, Trey, I know this. You and I, we are testimonies to that reality. Amen. Because we have seen how God has used the local church in our lives to make us into the men that we are today. I mean, we are examples of, of, of people who have had people invest in us and, mm-hmm. and point us in the direction of Christ and disciple us and train us and nurture us, right? I mean, I regularly tell my kids, regularly tell my kids, you are privileged. You are privileged because you are a part of a local church and you have people who love you. That's right. There are kids all over this nation and all over this world that do not experience what you get to experience every single day. People loving on you because they love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. And That's I think right. about, you know, in my own life, just what a blessing it is to know I have a community, a family of faith around me to support me, encourage me, and to, to help me grow. Just for my own soul, there is nothing like the church. That, that brings about change in my life as the church disciples me and helps me to grow in my individual walk with Jesus. Because within the church, right, within the church, here's what we believe. Within the church, there's truth. Mm-hmm. Because we are people who are, are centered on the word of God, Amen. the That's word right. of truth. In the church, there, there is, there is uh, the empowerment of the Spirit, that, that, that we as the church, we are the temple of God, that mm-hmm. God's Spirit resides in each of us, right? In the church, we are a body, a body that, that, that's being built up by Christ to accomplish his mission. I mean, in the church, we have everything we need to grow in Christ and become the men and women he wants us to be, right? So we talk about not only, you know, for the world, but for us individually, man, how much we need the church for our own spiritual growth and edification and become the people that God wants us to be. So, man, yeah, why would you want to walk away from that? Why would you not want to be a part of this organization that brings about change in our world, this this organization that really does uh, bring about unity through the gospel, this organization that really does bring about change in individual lives. Why would you not want to make the most of that? I cannot tell you. I was in the hospital for nine weeks one time, and I got to tell you, the worst part was Mm. not being in fellowship with the church. Mm. That was the worst part. They would come see me, but it was just different. And, uh, you know, this time, my concern is like yours for this church that we live in now, uh, this world that we live in, and people have chosen to move away from it. Yeah. And my prayers, they'll come back, you know, that's and I'm right. sure that's, that's yours right. as that's well. That's right. That's right. Well, we're just starting the conversation, yeah. Trey. Yeah. Over the next few weeks, I want to dive into this a little bit deeper. It's going to be good. How do we make the most of the church, the local church that God has allowed us to be a part of and the church universal? How do we make the most of the body of Christ? It's going to be an interesting conversation over the next few weeks. So keep on tuning in, keep on listening. 
Well, I look forward to that over the next few weeks. So, Pastor Tommy, why don't you close us out and invite our people to uh, get the word out about uh, our Connecting Faith to Life podcast. Yeah, we hope that today's episode has encouraged you and blessed you. We hope that you'll take a moment right now to subscribe to our podcast. So, over the next few weeks, you can have these uh, uh, discussions we're going to have delivered to your device automatically. They'll show up on your phone every single week if you'll subscribe. They do. It just magically appears. So subscribe so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Share it with a friend. And as always, we hope that today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.